Hello, I'm Rachel Moore, President and CEO of the Music Center. As Los Angeles' premier performing arts destination, the Music Center presents some of the world's greatest performances and provides the platform for the most innovative and creative artistic minds who set the standard for excellence. On Offstage and Unbound, I have the pleasure of speaking with many of these artistic visionaries where we delve into their processes, explore what inspires them, and discuss the state of the arts in Los Angeles and the world. Hello. Thanks for joining us for our podcast series, Offstage and Unbound. In this episode, we'll speak with two choreographers who are part of the Music Center On Location, an initiative that takes the Music Center's artistic vision beyond the places and spaces of our downtown Los Angeles campus and into diverse venues and locales throughout greater Los Angeles. In this case, we will bring two incredible Los Angeles-based dance artists, Azure Barton and Jacob Jonas, to the newly refreshed Ford Theaters in the Hollywood Hills for two nights this month. Choreographer and dancer Jacob Jonas was introduced to the art of dance at 13 on the Venice Beach boardwalk by the Calypso Tumblers, a street performing group, and went on to perform with them around the world. He went on to found his own company in 2014 and works to bring dance to a wider audience through collaboration, technology, education, and performance. Los Angeles-based Jacob Jonas the company, is gaining a national profile for its honest storytelling and visceral performances. The company has toured North America, bringing its mix of contemporary ballet and acrobatic movement to Jacob's Pillow Inside Out Dance Festival, the Kennedy Center, the Wallace Annenberg Center for the Performing Arts in Beverly Hills, and the Ailey City Group Theater in New York. Jacob was nominated by Dance Magazine as Best Emerging Choreographer, was named Best New Force in L.A. Dance for 2016 in L.A. Weekly, and 30 Under 30, The Remarkable Young People Changing the L.A. Jewish Community by The Jewish Journal in 2017. Jacob, welcome to Offstage and Unbound. Thank you for having me. So I thought we would start at the beginning. It says that at 13, you were first introduced to dance on Venice Beach. What was it that captured your imagination that made you think, this is something I'm interested in doing? That's a great question. I, I started playing sports, and I was always interested in the team atmosphere. And so I found this group of street performers, and the chemistry between everybody that was in the group was really inspiring. And then also the athleticism and the way that they were inspiring the audiences all quickly caught my eye and made me want to do what they were doing. But it was really mainly the physicality and the camaraderie between the, the group members. So did you train formally in addition to working with them? How did, how did you get your training? So I was mentored by a few street dancers. One was a popper and a couple others were break dancers and acrobats. So I was trained within those techniques of dance uh, for the first few years of my training. And then I was given a scholarship to a competition studio in Brentwood um, a few years after that. So I was trained at a competitive studio doing, you know, contemporary ballet, jazz, et cetera, et cetera. And then I moved on to taking ballet later on. And did you find that additional training helpful with how you use your body to express itself and also how you get your dancers to move? 
Yeah, very much so. I always found dance, I was always interested in the individuals of people that were dancing, not necessarily interested in one particular form or technique. And so I was, I was always fascinated to learn as much as I can of different techniques so that I can tell stories not having a limitation to a certain style. So, you know, as a, a dancer, one doesn't necessarily move on to becoming a choreographer where it's really about your voice in a very different way. How did you make that transition? I guess it just was something that was always natural for me. I always had a natural creativity and sense of inquisitiveness or imagination. I was always playing and, and, and do, basically making my own projects. And so once I started dancing, I, I wanted to put myself in situations where I was the worst at something. And so the group of street performers that I was with, I obviously wasn't great when I first started. But once I started to feel like I was one with the group, that's when I went on to learn more classical styles of dance. But, but yeah, I don't know. Choreography was just something that I started experimenting with with my friends and asking them to learn some of the movements I was creating and then I just kept playing and playing with with that with that medium. So you mentioned that camaraderie is really key to what hooked you into this. When you're working with a new group of dancers, do you spend time trying to build a community before you start doing other work or I think it all has to happen within the same time like I start different structures, be it improvisational exercises, be it movement concepts, or just warm-ups. And I, I like to have a lot of different exercises happening all simultaneously so that we can workshop different concepts all at the same time to try to make the process as productive as possible. But I really do tap into a lot of physical partnering and just exercises that rely on a lot of trust very quickly to make sure that the cast really does trust one another. And then also prior to that when I'm in an audition process or if I'm working with dancers that I'm setting new work on, it's really important for me to try to find who they are authentically and, and try to take out their fullest potential of movement in that process. When you are thinking about, you know, initiating a new project, do you build it around an idea first or music first? Or uh, For me right now, it's a lot of it is based off of a theme or a concept. I, I love to observe society and how society uh, functions. And there's a lot of different themes that I like to play around with. And so sometimes I'll come up with a title first, or I'll come up with a concept, and then I like to build and approach that. But it's it's either the pairing of a of a dancer with another dancer or, or a concept um, that I like to play off of. For, you know, your generation, technology is incredibly important. And I would actually argue that most people in your sort of cohort have never experienced life without it being unmediated by some sort of technology. <laughs> and how does technology play in with the work that you do? Yeah, I think the work that I do for the stage has its own brand per se and then the work that we're doing on social media through technology has its has a completely different brand and so we've we've wanted to build an audience online um, by creating content in 
specific locations separate from the stage. And then what's benefited us is that sometimes those audiences end up at our shows or we just create a whole different portfolio and body of work separate from the work that we're, we're creating on stage. And what that does is it builds a really strong um, team of partnerships and collaborations that we wouldn't have been able to do if we were just making the work for the stage. And I think it exposes a lot more people to what we're doing that hopefully will attract them to our live shows. Excellent. So we are, of course, very excited about the upcoming engagement at the Ford. Your company will be doing a new work called On Me uh, with the music of Tim Hecker. Do you want to talk a bit about that work and what you see for it? I'm very fascinated by uh, this concept. What does it feel like to carry weight? A lot of people are isolated because they're so plugged into their phones so often, and I wanted to dive into that. I mean, I obviously have my own uh, pressures and things that I have to deal with, and I think it's a relatable topic for a lot of people. And so I just wanted to dive into what does it mean to carry weight, um, both physically and uh, emotionally. So, you know, one of the beautiful things about the Ford is that it's outdoor and it's this glorious new space. And we love it because it's different from a traditional enclosed proscenium space. Um, I assume that you've done a lot of site-specific stuff in the past. Is there something special about this space that um, you want to highlight or you're excited about? Yeah, I mean... Typically, the theaters that we work in are just a black stage, and what's beautiful about this is the background of having a mountain and being surrounded by nature. And so um, one of the themes that I'm dealing with in this piece is the idea of expansion. I think when you're so caught up in your own mind, everything is internal. And then when you finally have a perspective on everything around you, you realize how small what you're dealing with is. And oftentimes when I think of those ideas, I think of being in the redwoods or being near an ocean or, or being near things that are much bigger than me. Um, and so I think of expansion. And so uh, one thing that we're, we're, we're going to be doing with our lighting is uh, we're going to keep the lighting pretty internal um, so you can't see what's behind us for a good part of the piece. And then towards the end, as we deal with this theme of expansion, we're, we're going to try to light the mountain as well. So that's something we're excited to play around with this night. Oh, awesome. Well, you know, and also being under the stars doesn't get bigger than that. <laughs> it definitely doesn't. <laughs> so where do you hope to take yourself and your company in the next couple of years? Yeah, I think we're really excited about the work that we're doing right now. We've definitely built a strong infrastructure administratively and artistically over the past few years after we've started. Yeah, I mean, we just want to continue to build our brand and, and have more visibility both in L.A. and around the, the country and the world. Well, we are very excited about the Ford engagement, and we're so happy that you guys are involved. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to chat with us. Well, we are very, very honored that the Music Center is presenting us, especially for this new work. And uh, we're excited about this new initiative on location. I've been to many of the, the performances on the campus at the Music Center, so it's really exciting that you guys are branching out to new venues, and I think it'll be really exciting. So, again, we're very honored and thankful that you guys chose us to be a part of this. Absolutely. So we'll see you on stage. All right. Thank you so much. Azure Barton is the founder and director of Azure Barton and Artists, an international dance project. Now based in Los Angeles, Azure's works continue to tour Europe, Asia, and Africa, as well as Argentina, Brazil, Canada, and the United States. She's originally from Alberta, Canada, and trained at the National Ballet School of Toronto. 
Azure has collaborated with celebrated dance artists and companies including Mikhail Baryshnikov, Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater, English National Ballet, American Ballet Theater, Nederlands Dance Theater, National Ballet of Canada, and Martha Graham Dance Company, among many others. Her works have been formed in countless international stages, including Paris's Palais Garnier, Russia's Morinsky Theater, the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., Sadler Wells in London, the Alicia Alonso Grand Theater in Cuba, and New York's Lincoln Center. Azure has taught and collaborated with many notable institutions, including the Juilliard School, Harvard University, Canada's National Ballet School, the Laban Institute, the Bolshoi School, and New York University. She has received numerous awards, including, most recently, the Banff Center's 2012 Kerner Award for Choreography and Canada's prestigious Arts and Letters Award. Azure, welcome to Offstage and Unbound. Hello. So excited to speak with you. I thought it'd be interesting to start at sort of the beginning. And how did you get into dance? Aha. I am the third of three girls in my family, and I was born into a dancing family. I really followed in my sister's footsteps, and we all ended up in the dance world and becoming quite successful in the dance world. They're still, my sisters are still involved in dance, so it's... Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Wow. So you went to the National Ballet School in Toronto? I did, yeah. That's a school that is affiliated with National Ballet of Canada. And my memory is it was at least a very Chiquetti-based sort of serious ballet school. Yes. I was taking classes, everything from tap to jazz to uh, highland dancing to you name it, we did it in the Barton family. And (laughs) when I turned about 12, 13, I became a little more curious about ballet. And I think, thinking back now, I think I was an adventurer, I still am, and I think it was more about wanting to go out and explore, Hmm. really. I auditioned, I was waitlisted the first time, and then I got in and went to the summer program and unexpectedly, really, got in, and it was pretty amazing. I was 14, Mm. so it was an important time for me to build this new community and I had some really amazing friends who I'm still in touch with. So I had a I had a good experience. I had a challenging experience, no doubt. Yeah, the National Ballet School is so such an extraordinary gift to actually the field because it's one of those schools where students also get their education, their academics. Yeah. And in my experiences with them, it's a really wonderful community to develop a young dancer. Yeah, it really is. And Mavis Staines, I mm-hmm. was her first year ah, actually at the school. Yeah, excellent. And so she was following um, Betty Oliphant mm-hmm. the year prior, and then my first year. I believe it was her first year. And um, as honest and challenging and particular she is, because she has to be in that position. Right. Yep. She was always so encouraging uh, of me, especially as a choreographer. Oh, excellent. And um, it, was, it was she that was at 15, myself and Matyash Merzhevsky, who's a, also a director now, choreographer. We went to her, and um, Matyash led the conversation, and we asked Mavis 
if we could start a choreographic workshop when we were like 15 years that's old. That's great. And she totally made it happen, and it's something that's ongoing. It's the Stephen Godfrey Choreographic Workshop. That is really wonderful because one of the challenges with the professional ballet world is there are very few women choreographers, and it's my belief that part of that is the training that the girls are taught to be silent and obedient, and that's not really how you find your voice as a choreographer. And it sounds like Mavis could see beyond that and really helped bridge that opportunity for you. Yeah, and I think that that's why I was so drawn to choreography because I was not one that liked to always submit <laughs> yes, yes. and um, I loved creating my own rules outside of always being told what to do and my friends too I think that's we like to get together after hours and create dances and I'm still like that like Azure and Artists my group Azure Martin Artists is the same with everything that is going on in this world there is a sense of freedom within creation and creativity and you make your own you design your own life in that world and so it's something I feel is incredibly important and um, incredibly really empowering. Blessed. So empowering. It really is. You know, I find many ballet dancers feel the weight of having to fit in and to free oneself of that and be able to say, I'm defining my own reality is a pretty powerful thing. Yeah, and it's it's possible. I still I'm still working on it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but it's important to talk about this. For sure. What do you think of when you think of contemporary ballet? That's a good question. I don't have a clear definition of any form of dance. <laughs> I think that um, it's hard to categorize, mm-hmm. really, and I wish we didn't have to categorize. I sort of feel like we're moving away from that. Yeah, and it's it's quite lovely. Because uh, um, when I was a dancer, low these many years ago, you know, there was a real division between mm-hmm. modern dancers and ballet dancers. And I feel like where ballet dancers used to not want to engage in modern dance or contemporary dance in any way, now the expectation is that professional ballet dancer can't be competitive in the marketplace without being facile yeah. in a number of different styles. Yeah. yeah, I remember being in ballet school and the word modern dance, you didn't even want to say, you know, it's wonderful that there is more of a crossover. So when you're creating works, do you start with the music first? Do you start with an idea? Are you, when you see dancers, does something come to mind? How do you start your process? It depends on the environment. Um, So I wear two different hats. I am a choreographer for hire. (laughs) Um, So I do commissioning work with ballet institutions and other dance companies. So for those projects, I have to be organized right right <laughs> and have to essentially you know this coming season I'm working with La Scala in Italy and I had to have the score in over a year before and the title and oh wow yeah so each institution has their own rules but generally I find with the ballet companies there's more structure yep they're big institutions they're having to go to print you know to make announcements and they're drawing different audiences uh, in Milan it was really something that was key for them to know what orchestral piece I was going to be working with because people go to see the ballet for the orchestra. Ah. So there I generally come in with, when it's live music, I have to decide prior. For something like Ailey, I was fortunate enough to commission one of my collaborators that I work with, with my group, um, Curtis McDonald, 
and we built the score through, you know, I was doing some prep work with one wow. artist, one dancer, and he and I would get together, and he, we've done that a couple of times. So that is a kind of drop, jumping off point because mm-hmm. some of the music does have to take time. Right. And um, with my own group, my own collaborations projects, I really enjoy not coming into the process with anything other than the people that I'm going to be collaborating with. And that's mm-hmm. the luxury of having my own projects is that I can take my time and go in directions that are a little bit more risky, I would say, because I guess I'm deciding if things are succeeding or not. Right, right. <laughs> right. And when you're commissioned, when I'm commissioned for the, for from um, ballet companies and other companies, there is an expectation to create a work that has a premiere, that it's you know, ideally it's a successful work and um, it's a different approach. We, of course, are very excited about your coming to the Ford. And Thank you. <laughs> now, the piece that you're doing, Awa, yeah. it's uh, focused on motherhood or tribute to motherhood. Why, why motherhood? So I was in New York and had delegated some time throughout the year in 2012, I think to go into the studio, and I knew I wanted to embark upon a new work, um, but I decided to start with one person, and from there, the work expanded. That first conversation I had with the person that I brought into the studio was about his mother. Uh. And he had lost her a couple of years prior. Mm -hmm. The relationship was really important in that moment. It felt natural. It didn't feel like I was trying to make something about his mom, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a simple moment conversation, as it often is. Then we were exploring movement that um, was the curved edges of a woman's body. So it was huh. really woman, mother. Then I kind of set it aside for a while, and I got this residency. I applied, spoke to the band center, and... Um, had, I was very fortunate to be able to go there with a group of people, and I wanted to see what it would be like to create with six men at the time and one woman. Uh-huh. To see what it would be like for her and for them in this space. So we all went there, and incrementally I brought them one by one. Um, but the woman I brought in, I was very excited to work with because we went to school together 25 years ago oh, at the great. National Ballet. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Her name is Laura Barkley, and um, she and I were very close in school, and she's still a dancer. She's 40 and has two children. Oh, wow. Yeah, and she is a warrior. She's absolutely one of the most incredible human beings I know. Um so strong. And I think I started with one of the gentlemen that I brought Laura and I worked with her. She had this three-year-old and a one-year-old at the time. And um, so it was this weird, perfect moment, I would say, in the studio because these things that were on her mind kind of manifested in the studio. About, so then I brought some of the other dancers in. But two weeks into the process, I uh, had this really vivid dream where I was floating underwater sitting in a rocking chair, and it was myself, and then it became Laura, and then I, that was what I remembered, <laughs> and I woke up and I thought, I wonder if we can make this happen. We have a filmmaker in the cast who's one of the dancers, is an incredible human being as well, and I went to the director's office and asked him, 
I said it may be a little kooky, but, you know, would this be something that we could achieve here? And he facilitated it because they had a swimming pool and their teams were um, on board. And so the film department, the dance department totally dove in and made it happen. And then that imagery that was captured um, really fed the work even further and carries us through the piece. And it is projected on the side of the canyon here, which is pretty amazing. That is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, we're very excited about doing on location at the Ford, given that it's this beautiful, special place and it's been renovated. And also, you know, that it's outdoors, I think is really special. You know, I know that you've done plenty of site-specific work, including the first time I met you when I was at ABT, you uh, did site-specific work for ABT at Avery Fisher Hall, which is now oh, wow. Geffen. Yeah. You know, is there something different about being inside versus outside? Oh, um, well, for this piece, yes, absolutely, because we have 10-foot balloons. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the wind is, you know, is a factor. Um, oh, yeah. And so it'll be an adventure. I mean, we're totally open to the work shifting and changing, um, and it's going to be great. So we're also excited that um, in the fall, a company that you worked with, Malpaso Dance Company, will be coming from Cuba to be part of the Music Center four-day celebration of Cuban dance and doing one of your pieces. And I was wondering if you could share, you know, your experience about going to Cuba and working with Cuban dancers and creating this work. Yes. I was totally blown away by these people. (laughs) Unexpectedly had a connection with these dancers that I have not found anywhere outside of my, or rarely I would say, that deep of an automatic creative connection with the entire group of dancers. As soon as I got to Cuba, I felt like I was just given this warm hug, you know, welcome. Yeah. Um, Havana. It's just such an incredibly beautiful city, Mm -hmm. and the people just blew me away with their generosity, their willingness to work, and they really um, just opened their hearts up and gave a lot of themselves for the process. I find Cuba... The people in Cuba just so embracing of dance. Yeah. And it is not a country of a lot of wealth. Um, and so their richness comes out in their culture. And dance is definitely seems to be a huge piece of that. Yeah, they feel so fortunate to be able to dance for a living that it's a great privilege. And there's a lot of respect for dance. Well, we are very excited to celebrate Cuba because it has so much to offer, and I think that it will be wonderful for Angelinos to share in that. So, yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to speak with us. Um, we are super excited about um, the upcoming weeks, and um, we will see you on the stage of the board. <laughs> thank you so much.